0: Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience.
1: The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning, snow and sleet. There is no service Stand on there. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Ah, uh, yeah, folks, we're gonna be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where
0: are we on that presentation? Damn,
1: HR wants to see you. Did
0: you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. You stay late,
1: Teamwork makes the dream work.
2: They're <laughs> moving in a different
1: direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my chest? Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, oh what's that? Was wow. was living I can't take it. I can't, I can't take it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Working Experience Podcast. My guest today is Brahms Gennard. Brahms is a writer and filmmaker. His series, Vindicta, was recently completed and screened, and he is here to talk about that project and other projects and filmmaking in general. Welcome, Brahms.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, definitely.
1: And uh, I was at that screening. We were just talking a little bit uh I mean, I, I've done three short films now and you were saying it was a long time in coming and it is a very long process. Absolutely. From, uh, like script to like actually getting everyone together to actually shooting it and having it edited and get the music. I'm always rather amazed it actually gets done.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, from, from ince- inception to, uh, perception, uh, is how I like to think about it because uh, the beginning of it all, you, you're you're thinking you're going to make one thing, and then of course you know the process of it. It morphs, new ideas come in, um, collaborators, and then at the end, it's something you know completely different, and you're 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 happy. You're happy all the same.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the magic of it. Is like, wow, this is a lot different than I thought, and for me, always a lot better. So. Yeah, I like I like that
2: collaborative process. That's really very valuable. It's 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 truly my favorite part of filmmaking because, um, you know, it's like you're making a movie and the characters go on an adventure. The filmmaking process is an adventure as well. So uh, yeah, I I, I I definitely love it. Yeah, yeah, I like the process too.
1: So just to back up a little bit, can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? Where you're from? Education? Anything? Uh, anything like that?
2: Yeah, it's all actually pretty boring. So um, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I have uh, lived in Massachusetts my whole life. um, And uh, I got into filmmaking relatively late, I would say, in terms of uh, taking it seriously. Well, you know, I guess it's depending who you ask. But um, it's something I didn't really know that I loved and wanted to do until I was like maybe 22, I think, 21 or 22 didn't go to film school or anything like that, but I did have a history of making, you know, just random videos with my friends. And that's probably where I noticed I was the one taking things a little more serious than everyone telling people you go here, you go there. Of course I was writing the silly little scripts too, or <coughs> whatever I thought a script looked like. And then, um, you know, uh, and then we'd, we'd make something happen. And, uh, eventually, um, I realized, OK, I love this. Let me learn how to actually do it. Uh, I went to Northeastern University and um, I actually went to school for organizational management and um, where my career, I would say, really took off was within the film club there. When I uh, I, I met the guy, Tanner, who who uh, directed Vindicta um and we've worked on several projects prior to that as well and uh he had a film club um that he uh he was running a film club I showed up one day and then I remember him saying like yeah we uh we'd always meet here but uh, we never actually did much and like like you're really like pushing us to like do things and stuff like that and I don't know I was just coming from like I was working full-time while I was going to school full-time so any type of like space where film is forefront i would just be like a want to be like a catalyst and just felt like all right this is when i get to find a way to make something happen or whatever and then um you know we work well to with each other we became good friends and uh you know we're still creating to this day and uh yeah just um nothing formal in terms of film uh, i i try to teach myself as much as i can and try to learn from others as much as i can um if I had to say education, it would be the College of Google and YouTube University. And that's that's mm-hmm. the end of it for me. You know, a couple books here and there. But uh, all the information is out there, you know, and um, I'm a type of person where I I, I I kind of fail to success. Some people say say it that way. I don't really I guess it's the way to say it for someone else to understand. But there's a lot of failure in there. But if you're doing it, you see it as learning. So I, um, I just have an idea. I don't know what I don't know. I get it started. And then uh, with with everything I have, I give it everything I have. And then I, I just go from there. That's all. It is. Uh,
1: I find that very true with film. People have a great idea for a film and they love to talk about films. And and then it's like, all right, well, who's going to show up at seven o'clock Sunday morning and yeah, <laughs> actually do a film? And uh, you find that number starts to go down. But then... You find your core people who really. Oh want to man, do it.
2: wonderful filter. That's I. I never see. I have my experience. I. I never really speak to people, about, like when they started exactly. But to even hear you say that, it's kind of like yeah, that's. It's like you know, things get filtered out, and even now there are people that, they everyone means well, but um, depending on where you're, where you are in your filmmaking journey or life journey altogether, you you kind of you know find yourself comfortable around as you said your core people who like when it's time to go you can trust them that they're going just as much as you are and uh yeah yeah it's it's
1: hard to find those people but when you do it's great i mean oh, i just like you, hook up with them and... <laughs> you don't want to let them go yeah yeah i know yeah. um so how did you come to develop vindicta and you said um i forgot his name you said he directed Tanner. it
2: oh uh, yeah tim directed yeah so what did you originally come up with the script? So I originally came up with the pitch first, the pitch. And that was like, uh, uh, you know, the, the gentlemen's from, uh, from Anna Wan, Yeah. Rui. Very well. Yep. Yeah. So Rui, uh, we've, that was, this is the first thing we've ever shot together. Um, myself and Anna and, um, we have the script that we're going to, this is the whole story. I have this script that was a, it was an action and it was zero dialogue. It was some, cause I, a lot of times when I write, I get inspiration in, 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 in a scene from music. Like it could be listening to music and a scene will come to my head. And it pretty much gives me like the soul and the visual and, uh, probably a word that's overused i'm not even going to use it um it's just it just gives me a sensation like all right this is this is a start of it this is a starting point of a of, of a story you know the first glimpse of it and um that all comes from music in a lot of cases and um so i was listening to this song i can't remember who the it was it's this dutch dj and it was there was no dialogue in it but i would listen to it all the time and it just felt like a a movie. It felt like a movie entire compilation. It was a mixtape or whatever. And I got this idea for the script about a guy who is trying to leave his, his life, his old life of crime behind because the woman that he wants to be with and continue the rest of his life with uh, she, she only wanted the future him and not who he was, you know, she wanted who he could be. And um, I felt like I could tell that story without saying a word. And I, I thought I did, uh, wrote it down, uh, pitched it to Anwan. um, really liked it. We were going to shoot it. And then that, uh, unfortunate thing that happened to everyone during 2020, the pandemic came in and, and, and ruined everything because you're supposed to shoot that October. Um, and that didn't happen. So no pre-production whatsoever. But as you know, late 2020, when uh, testing became available and uh, we we got a good a decent handle of um, protective gear and stuff like that. And then understanding social distancing and uh, and so forth. There was just some confidence in actually being outside. Uh, and started shooting, um, you know, commercials and uh, they were doing this uh, this The short for an entry to a contest. And they asked me to, I I believe, fill in for this actor that dropped out. And I did. And then on set, Ruby was like, Yeah, man, uh, we want to shoot that. We're 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 thinking about shooting that that script that you sent uh before. Uh, what was it called? It was called Perpetual. He was like, What was it called? What was it called? like Perpetual. He was like, Yeah, man. I was like, I don't want to shoot that anymore. So I was just I was just past it for some reason, and I it, it's a it's a story I still believe in and stuff like that. But it's not what I like. I was just past it for one reason or another, and I kid you not, I had the tiniest bit. As as I said before, my inspiration comes from music. I had just one scene of betrayal that was playing in my head in like this post apocalyptic universe, and I was like, "Rui, I actually have another idea." He was like, "Yeah, what is it?" And I was like, as I said before, I usually start from one idea and then I have to create the rest. I didn't have any. I started spitballing what would sound good in the moment. And then by the grace of God, it was literally the basis of what Vindicta became. Like, I, I just like for lack of a better term, like, you know, it just threw it up and then it came out and I was like, OK. Now I got a script to write. He was like, "Oh, when can you send me that script?" I was like, "Oh, I just got to look it over. I'll send it to you next week." Yeah. <laughs> just
1: got to look it over a little bit. Got to look it over. Just got to revise the <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I went home. I wrote this story, and it would—it felt so good writing it because I was like, "Wow, man!" Throughout you know this moment of uh, uncertainty for everyone on Earth, like I get to do the thing I love the most sometime soon. So I was just excited to write something that I was going to be shooting as opposed to, you know, just writing because I kept writing and then um, send him the script. He liked it. And then this is when Tanner comes in. I send it to Tanner. I'm like, dude, like, this is a story. But like, you know, it's about a world where the air could go from uh, breathable to toxic at any given moment. He read it. He was like, oh, my God. He was like, I don't know, man. I don't like it. He's like, it's just a little too dark. It's a little too, you know. Dismal, it's a little too like too like too topical, even. And that's one of the things that he usually enjoys, like how we can tackle a topical matter, but like through through an artistic avenue of like film, you know? And um, he didn't like the script at all. And I was like, hey, buddy, we more or less just got a green light. We got a green light for this. And I was like, you know, I was like, I'm happy you don't like it. I said. I last thing I told him before the next draft was I was like, I'm gonna make you love it. And then hung up the phone and then I just went back to the drawing board. And, I, and the reason why I love working with Tanner is because how much passion that he has as a person for humanity. And he's not shy to shy, shy in showing that. And um, so it was like, there has to be some optimism. There has to be like, hope there has to be something that these characters are 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 gathering as opposed to just their dire circumstances just making them do terrible things and um so I end up doing another draft and his critique essentially benefited uh to what Anwan ended up getting and then they were like they liked it and I said to Tana he was like okay I can see the story here that you know that resonates so the story that more from a guy seeking revenge to a guy seeking a reason to live, you know? And um that's where even just that insight and that critique created new characters and devices as you saw it, that older woman, Osiah, who was like, there's gotta be more to, you know, to life than you just wanting to get revenge. And then even Mason having a relationship, the main character, the guy that was betrayed by his by his friend you know, having the reason being because he had a brother that he loved so much. So, so much more for some, just from that one critique from someone that I value their opinion on, someone that I've been working with, someone I want to continue working with. And that kind of goes into the way I think about my filmmaking process. And I try to be dispassionate in regards to my ego and and what I want to do. You know, I'm like, I love film and I love what film can do. And I believe it can be a service to as hunky dory as it sounds, a service to humanity. And um, if I can make something that resonates with people in a way, even if it's sci fi, some people like sci fi, that's like not real, whatever the case is. If I can make something that resonates with you, in, 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 in a diff- and you can see the relativity of difficult moments in this film and life, and how these characters, despite their dire circumstance, they can find the beauty of just the beauty of humanity, the beauty of creating a better tomorrow at all costs, despite circumstance, you know, I'm like, that's the service I'm doing. That's, that's, that's what I'm doing, you know, and, and and that's, what's in my heart to to put in my stories and stuff. And um, it was, uh, it was good that I got somebody that could get that out because I was probably writing from a place of a person that was dealing with a pandemic that no one understood, no vaccine, you know, people's family members passing away and just, you know, you remember that time, all the all the terrible things happening within our society. I wrote something that was far from myself, but it was very much what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get what, you know, what I wanted to feel and what I should feel my own journey of, you know, uh, you know, of my own, my own emer- emotional journey. I was able to get that by just talking to the people that I work with and allowing them to be a part of what I'm doing and what the film would be, as opposed to just being kind of a bit of like, oh, this is my vision, this is how it's gonna be. There's no room for change and adjustment or whatnot. That was a process morphing. So um, yeah, and then it went from <clears throat> one part that was five pages, so it was supposed to be a short, to hey, how does Anwan being like, how does this look? Is you know, an additional part, and then it went two parts, then it went to three. And then at that point, that three part became one together and they were like, let's just make this into a pilot. And then that kind of changed the way that the, the tonality of the story and direction uh, that we were going. And then it was great seeing how we could develop and, and, and what it kind of takes for a story to be a short and a story to be a pilot. You know what I mean? Because it's it's not just the same typical three-act structure and it can't end in a certain way. It has to end in a place where there's it's just the beginning. The pilot always feels like something that's like, oh my God, what's about to happen now? This person's life is just crumbling or this person, there's immense change happening with this individual or these characters. And then you know, it, what it looks like is about to conclude only opens a much larger door that you didn't see. And then... um at the beginning and uh, was able to do that. And, uh, and, in in it, it felt good, man. It was, it was, it was one of the more fulfilling experiences I've had with film so far. And, 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 and I credit that to the people that I worked with and how we all honestly took the, took, took the process seriously and just, you know, everybody became a part of it at the end.
1: So just to clarify for the audience, this is not a short film. It's a three part series.
2: So, right as uh, it's a pilot that had three parts to it kind of that was like an artistic choice to kind of show like oh this is part 1 of this episode part 2 and part 3 right um it was it was just kind of a way to 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 set us apart from a lot of uh you know whether it's it dystopian post apocalyptic you know that even if there isn't a single zombie in this it kind of falls into the realm of like that genre you know so well artistic- you know
1: something's happened when i saw yeah. it like you knew something had happened
2: exactly so we kind of wanted to artistically set ourselves apart so that um you know we're creating for ourselves but we're all creating for ourselves in a sense of like this is our idea this is our artistic expression but we know it's got to land and resonate with an audience so we thought that would be a refreshing way for the episodes to to occur with the parts so we kept that framework within it and it that idea kind of came from how we were creating it at the beginning how there was a part one part two part three then we was like it would be cool if the episodes had parts in them you know you could kind of look at this part one part two part three and then it's just going to be a, a different way to 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 experience like an epic an episodic um project and um so this is what it always should be looked like though uh is is a is a pilot in an episode of a series
1: okay so you see it as a pilot
2: yeah exactly yeah, right exactly okay. so this is episode one season one um and the goal is to for two three four five six and so forth so are you like just from well first of all from
1: a sort of I guess, When I think of things, I'm like, oh, that'd be a great idea to have like a car crash. And then it's like, I can't pull off a car crash. I don't have financially. (laughs) No, or try to fake it. I'm not, I mean, I've worked as a grip for five years uh, in New York. And I saw occasionally people with low budgets trying to pull off things with nearly disastrous results, like trying trying to fake a car crash or something like that. Yeah. So I thought it was really brilliant using the air because you don't just on a practical level you don't have to pay for that like if you had zombies that adds a huge production cost
2: huge huge to to even make it look like something someone should be watching for right
1: i know because usually it's just horrible
2: when they try to do it on a.
1: so i thought that was really brilliant it's like well we don't it's there you know it's there but you don't Mm -hmm. have to see it it's more ominous that way
2: Absolutely. And um, the idea there, honestly, uh, was when I started to think about how to, because I wanted it to be, so I had this idea of betrayal. And when I was thinking of the reason why and stuff, and what I really felt, obvi- it was a dead giveaway, um, COVID. We're talking about an airborne, you yeah. know, uh, virus and stuff like that. And uh, I didn't want it to be like, some type of pathogen and stuff. I do like those stories, but that's not the direction I wanted to head. Um, I thought of it, it as I was, I was like, look at look at where we're headed. I mean, even now, like I was outside, I was like, the only thing that's going to tell me it's December is if I look at my phone. You know, it's it's so warm outside, and that's right. today. It's, uh, yeah, and um, I'm and I just I was just like, okay, in the near future, let's think of it as a a, 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 a scientific extreme. What would happen if we just, just like we got our environment to the tipping point where, you know, maybe there was a hole in the ozone layer or you know some type of, you know, whatever it was, I can't give it away, um, <laughs> can't give it away to you guys yet, but um, so what happens here is that when the air turns from toxic to breathable. I mean from breathable to toxic you got people just you can imagine day 1 like what's going on you know like there's just all of a sudden i can't breathe people start dying government catches wind of it what do they do they want to create some type of uh like like you yeah, know what is it the protective what is it PPE PPE yes more a, yeah. or less yeah. something like that so <clears throat> They create the, the masks, they create the special filters, they they create the air quality monitors, all these things, la- government's last ditch effort. And then um I was thinking that that's where my mind went. And then I was like, you know, this really is. If I had to say it in short, it's in the same family of films as like a quiet place and like Bird Box. You know, like these things that it's just built on the sense, your your senses, you know, you got one where you can't see. You got one where you you, you can't speak, you know. What well, if there was one where, like, you couldn't breathe or something like that? And I'm sure there are other senses that you can just build off of, and you could create an entire film. But I, but that one was just handed to me. You know, I had to wear a mask every day. Eventually, as a filmmaker, that an idea within that is gonna is gonna come to me. I, and I work in the, in the sci-fi space predominantly, so that was a that came to me. I was like, okay. Hopefully, theres there aren't a, a hundred other writers doing this, right? Um, a hundred thousand other writers, a million writers doing this right now. You know what I mean? Cause, um... Well,
1: they did a horror... I never saw it, but it was like a horror movie they did over Zoom. Like, all the characters were on Zoom. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'd never... I heard, you know, mixed reviews. Yeah. But I actually... The last short film I did, I did kind of... It wasn't a horror, but we used Zoom, people wearing masks. Because yeah, I tried to do a film with Anawan that summer and my film got tanked too. We couldn't do it.
2: Okay. Cause of, so, cause of COVID, cause of COVID.
1: Right? and we'd been planning, we were already in the pre pro art and then boom, we couldn't do it. So I was very frustrated and I thought, all right, well, much like yourself, I know what I can't do. Why don't I figure out what I can do? So yeah. wrote a different script use that we use zoom we use you know the mat you know try to use the panda i sort of felt like it judo like it was judo like yeah i can't fight this thing so i gotta yeah. figure out how to work around it use Nipulate it and
2: redirect it yeah yeah. It. yeah and yeah. i probably went on a tangent i think uh to on your to answer your question i do kind of have like a rep uh, uh uh pretty much like a reputation of a an economic writer so mm-hmm. if uh you know i'm doing everything i can't even say low budget we're talking about the micro of all micro budget right <laughs> yeah so um i just try to think of how can we get as much story without you know breaking the bank in any yeah. sense you know and um just thinking of the parameters that and i and that's probably like advice i would give to to, to other writers is like it's you're doing something and you got inspired by Hollywood one way or another, which is why you're, you're, you're writing a film or you're working film, but understand that you're, we're not anywhere near there. You know, and we have to think kind of like project managers, you know, when it comes to getting our, our ideas to be something that we could build off of. So that knows one of the biggest testaments you could tell it, know your limitations, know your own limitations in anything you do. So I just think of it these are these are our parameters and if we had to make what we're doing look as valuable as possible you know within those parameters what does it take to to accomplish that so as you saw we even those we took long drives up to New Hampshire just to get some B roll you know just to get some scenes of it. there's a lot of walking in the series just to get just scenes of us walking we never really had a real set That was like is where dialogue is exchanged in like New Hampshire. But you saw it. And when you saw it, you saw those vast mountain ranges and and things. And you're, you're as a viewer, you're watching that. And our budget limitations, you know, you're we're trying to make you not think about that at all. And I think that's honestly a responsibility of a micro budget filmmaker is to take in consideration that nobody wants to really know that they're watching something that was made with the budget, no, even no, though it was. No, they're not interested. You need, you <laughs> need charm. You need some charm there, okay? Yeah. And you charm your way through long drives and uncomfortable shoots, you know? And uh, we shot at night. And night looks good if you could light it the right way. You know, we shot at night. I was outside for, what? What was it like? 15-hour uh, day, sub, like, it was, like, under under 10 degrees, Got a cold blister after it was terrible, like terrible physical experience. But I was so excited the whole time because I was like, I know this shit's gonna look good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause it was like we had everybody around this fire and uh we we had the set, everything looking great. We had the lighting, it was immaculate, and 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 we were coming off a high because we had great performances earlier in the day and everything. I was like, this is going to raise the budget in terms of how it looks you know it's going it's going to raise the production value to the eye and Mm. that's our responsibility as micro budget filmmakers whether it's to the audience or to a financier that you're going to eventually pitch to one day you want to say this i made a thousand dollars look like this and they're like oh i made five thousand dollars look like this and i'm like oh i made ten thousand dollars look like this whoa you know you want to you want to film with intent you know I love having fun because I love this and I and and this is fun to me but I want to keep doing it for the rest of my life for as long as I'm interested in it you know I don't know what God has planned for me in the future but this is in my heart to do for a long time I know that for sure and I want the right to be able to do that so every single time I touch a camera I need to have intent and that is major and that's understanding all those other things that you hear at work and other things that have nothing to do with film know your limitations use your time wisely x y and all those things you got to take that into this because as fun as it is as much as it seems like something that's glamorous and artistic and everything else that matters can be afterthought you have to tie all those things into the process because that is going to give you the opportunity and right to continue doing this so um yeah, as you said, the fact that the air was a factor and it cost us zero dollars and zero cents that was that was a bonus. well,
1: you know, it's funny, I teach, and one of my students was yet again complaining about how stupid school is, and you don't learn anything and <laughs> blah blah blah. Not that I totally disagree with her. I kind of get it. But I did say, look, it like films seem fun, right? I love films. I'm gonna yeah. go make a film. Well, then you're in a car for four hours driving up to New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and you're in the woods for fifteen hours. Yep. When it's below freezing, and you're getting cold blisters and all that, like that's not when it's fun. It's fulfilling. I will say oh, that. Oh it's boy, it is, it is. <laughs> But it's not fun. Like it's not fun. You. A lot of times, I find myself like, "Why did I do this again?" I don't like. I don't want to be here right now. But then it really, if you're with the right group of people, then it is really, really fulfilling. So actually my, so you guys just drove up to New Hampshire, got out of the car and went into the woods and started. Yes.
2: Those, uh, those Annawan guys, they, they love, they love taking hikes and stuff like that. So they were like, Oh, we have this, we have this idea to go to this spot that, um, you know, we, we've been hiking to before, uh. And uh, that's where we can get that because we had things outlined and what we wanted to do. We wanted to use the beauty of, you know, New England. There was like, we can do that here. So, um, yeah, we went over. We went up there one day. They had an idea where to go. Um, we got the park rangers to open the gate so we could go up to this um, this particular area. And, uh, it, man, let me tell you, when when you see it, it's all meshed together. I'm like, OK, this is just the mystery of film. So. I'm looking at Massachusetts, and two seconds later, I'm looking at Rhode Island, and five seconds later, I'm looking at New Hampshire, and, and I only know that because I know that right. everyone else is like movie, you yeah. know. Yeah, work goes into ten. Just seconds. take it for granted. Yeah, ten seconds of movie, you know. Yeah, it's um, it's that's where it's as you said, fulfilling, and I think fulfillment can have a a, a multitude of feelings within it. And I think once the purpose of knowing what you're doing allows all those feelings to just be deduced to fulfillment, you know, or however you want to phrase it. It's just like, I was in physical pain. I was in, I was exhausted. You know, I was trying to, I was nervous. I'm always scared because I'm like, I wrote this in my freaking boxers and I have all these people outside playing, right. <laughs> all these people outside playing pretend with me. Right. Yeah. And you start to think it, it, people like to talk about imposter syndrome or whatever. I don't have time to look into that. I don't have the luxury of trying to find out what I feel. I'm just like, I got to keep taking these damn leaps and hopefully hopefully I I find out I could fly, you know. So um, that's one of those feelings where it's like we're doing all these things and it's, it's, if I didn't look at it any other way prior to getting into the, like, making the experience happening, if I, if, if if I didn't have an idea, even prior to pre-production, like, the fulfillment in those moments would never even come, so, as you said, that student who's like, oh, it's, you know, what do you learn in school, I can't really tell you what I pulled from school that allows me to be the filmmaker I I, I am today, and the filmmaker I will become, but when I tell you, like, my full time job and stuff like that, working full time, and for for as long as I have, man, like it's like it's it's almost parallel. It's like a lot of these things, it, it's the relativity of it all, like of you know, trying to get a, the job done the right way, economically, you mm-hmm. know, with a bunch of different parties and different pieces moving simultaneously, and then the contingencies for things that you will never be able to account for until they account for you and come and try to ruin your day. It's like understanding that's something that happens. So I say that to say this is just as much as work as any other field, Mm -hmm. right? But it just happens to be one that, you know, that you specifically always have to choose, right? And you're probably choosing it for a reason because you have a passion towards it. And when that passion is realized, you get this high of fulfillment that is nearly unmatched. You know? and yep. um, I can't Well, say I think it's, yeah, it's
1: discipline. Ahead. If I had to put it in a word, it's discipline. Like, you learn. Yeah, sure. Like, somebody had to call those park rangers yep. and arrange for that gate to be open. That's mm-hmm. not a glamorous task. Yeah. Arranging <laughs> catering. Yeah. You don't usually hear about that in the Oscars. You know? Never. like. <laughs> all that stuff like you got to go buy a pair of shoes somebody needs a hat somebody get locate like there's all that stuff and sometimes i'm like i don't want to deal with this like i don't care what shirt he wears just put a shirt on it you know but there's there's as you say there's this point to it you know and you're you get this thing on screen and you get to watch it
2: yeah that happened that 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 exact thing happened actually we were on set in uh my co-star jaime hernandez um he came. We said boots, and uh, I guess that was just, again like contingencies and stuff like that. Um, Another thing that you can't account for. Uh, he came with Timberland boots, and they were kind of nice. I was like, I would wear those, you know. And I knew in this story, I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't see boots that I want to wear. So uh, the him and director swipe swap shoes, you know. And then, uh, that's never comfortable <laughs> to put it on no. literally someone else's shoes, you know. You, I feel <laughs> no. you don't want to do that, and then, as you know, continuity now you're gonna have to wear his shoes for the duration. Yes, yeah, duration
1: that's true. So,
2: that is true. I may didn't complain once, I may knew okay, someone saw these shoes, th- these shoes. If these shoes somehow can reduce the story we're trying to tell, in, in, in even in a fraction, that's the last thing he wanted to do as an actor, as a creator, as someone who, as a part of this project and story. Um, so without even thinking, that was one of those things, him being an actor and understanding as an actor, you're always going to be on, like, there's always going to be an opportunity for you to be uncomfortable. That was just one of those things where him understanding his duty and having discipline in that role, he was like, sure switched it didn't even think about it you know i meet people all the time that are like i think i could be an actor do you think i could be an actor and i tell people it all and i always say the same exact way if i do think that there's even like a, a, a you know something there or whatever the case is i'll say you have the qualities of an amazing actor like you have the you're you're you have this a natural presence to be an actor but I tell every that means nothing unless you want to be an actor. And it kind of sounds like, you know, like, what? But ser- wanting to be an actor is wanting to say the same thing. As many times as a director wants you to say it, and it could be 30 times, saying the same thing, Walk in and out of the, the same door as many times as you need to, S- you know, uh, work for $50, whatever the case, like self-tape and know that that self-tape is probably going to be opened just so it could be dragged into the trash bin because they hired an actor from another state or whatever, right. Case, right? That is wanting to be an actor, wanting to be pelted by the realities of being an actor continuously before that moment of fulfillment that we talked about before arises and you're able to experience it. And then you know that the work that you're doing is just a building block. To, get to to attaining more of that. That's wanting to be an actor. And I personally don't think many people want to be an actor because, you know, if they understood what it was, they'll probably, oh, like, no, I don't like it that much. I thought it just had to be pretty and funny.
1: I think what people are trying to say, and this is actually what my last short was about, what I've thought about a lot, is you want to be rich and famous. Yeah. You don't want to be an actor. Yeah. Like, and that's what, like, do you want to be a musician or do you want to be rich and famous or a stand-up yeah. comic? Exactly. Or whatever it is. Like, do, I just did a podcast with Zaire Silva. And we were talking a lot about acting and he said, you know, he's always reading monologues. He's always practicing. He's always doing that. to He's got to keep his chops up. Like, how many people are really willing to do that? Not many. Not many. But they want to be famous.
2: Yeah, and then um, even, <laughs> and it's crazy every time you see an actor, you're like, I At least me, I think about it. I'm like, what is your reason to keep going? You know, because as an actor and just an actor, I have to be completely honest with you. I don't know if my reason would keep me going the way I'm going right now. I think I'm able to be who I am in in, in film because I'm also a writer, you know? And then it's like these stories just like, I get jumped by my stories out of nowhere. The stories is just like, I want you to finish writing me or start writing me or something. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's just natural. It's just these ideas that come in my head and they come out of nowhere. I can't avoid them. They follow me. I dream about them. You know, I can be having a conversation with anybody and in a hypothetical story for a film would come out. And it's just, it's just, uh, 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 another sense I've developed, you know, just wanting to, to want to continue writing and, that, that allows me to give myself an opportunity to keep acting because the odds, man, the odds of an actor, you know, becoming someone that's acting for a living or experiencing that fulfillment as often as, you know, you can say is worth it, it's it's very slim because the business is a different beast. The business of being for an actor is so, it's, I, I think it's, i can't i couldn't do it the odds yeah. are so overwhelming I can't it's overwhelming it. i don't I think do it's it. fair i don't think it's fair and especially in massachusetts it's tough it's tough and every time i meet an actor that's just acting i'm like wow i know you like and, and 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 i commend them for it and it's not someone i look like you know they're walking in an execution line and they don't know it i look at it, somebody like you're the type of person that perseveres enough where the law, laws of average, law, the law of averages is going to be in your favor one day, you know?
1: I would hope. But I see actors who I think, God, you're so talented. Yeah. Like, why are you still selling real estate? Like, I mean, yeah. headshots. And they tell me all the stuff they go through. And I'm like, I'd rather be at my computer writing a script. I don't want to do all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, can't, I can't do it. I just... I've-
2: I feel you, too. I write on that, too, because I, I meet actors that are that are they ask me like, you know, younger actors, younger people. You know, I, I'm not someone that I feel like everyone's like, I'm going to go get advice from Bromps or whatever. But, um, you know, unless you're trying to figure out how to write. But, you know, I get close enough to just working in the space and meeting local actors. You know, and they ask you like, yeah, yeah. What do you think I could be doing differently or something like that? And I'm like. Keep doing what you're doing right now. Yeah. Keep working with independent filmmakers, because if you're just sending auditions and stuff like that and taking classes, that is that's like the that's the bar to say I'm an actor you're doing. And I'm not even saying that's the bare minimum, because a lot of people don't have the opportunity to be in independent films as often because, you know, then you got to how much time do you have? But you have to create that time and work with these independent filmmakers that are going to put you forefront the opportunities to be forefront raises that law of averages into your favor even more, you know, because if you pair yourself with a talented independent filmmaker, maybe something that they make allows you to be seen a little bit more, or now you have that to be on your, um to that, that footage to be on your reel. So now when, you know, you've got enough of those commercial credits that you didn't think was going to bring you anywhere in terms of narrative projects. You know, finally, you know, they they push you forward to be seen by this this film that's shooting in an area, and they look at your 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 self tape or whatever the case is, or that the the agency looks at you and be like, oh, look at this, I'm definitely going to send this audition to this person. And then there are different things that 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 you allow to happen for yourself because you did what acting should always be about being in front of the camera having an opportunity to show what you show what you can do and you get those opportunities from the independent filmmaker that's going to give you more lines you know Mm -hmm. And, and maybe even your lead i've heard someone call massachusetts i don't know if this is something people say often but like a five line or less state in terms of when it comes to narrative projects like being a massachusetts actor you probably shouldn't expect anything more than five lines or something like that. That's what, that's what I was told or whatever. And I remember hearing that and I was like, well, then, I'm not, I'm definitely like, I, it was already a mindset for me, but I, I don't want to wait for a big break. That's more or less uh that I have to luck out on. You know, I want right. to, I want to just keep creating my films. I want to keep creating my story and stories I'll act in them. I don't always have to be the lead or whatever the case is. Uh, I'm indifferent about that, but I want to get into the film space where I'm creating these ideas and then, if then that allows me to act more, so be it. But I know this is something I can more or less control and make happen. I, like to plan I, was,
1: to I was just going to say that. I feel in control. I'm not waiting yeah. around for other people. But you know, yeah. it's funny when you mention like working independence and things like that. Like, that's when you find out, like, you know, Hillary Swank, she was she got paid seventy-five dollars a day to do Boys Don't Cry. Now, this was 25 oh, wow. years ago. Yeah. And look and look at her. Yeah. So $75. Now, there's a lot of people who turn their nose up at $75 a day. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you, you know, you gotta act for free. And, yeah And it's you know, do all that stuff. And I I've been uh it's been great for me meeting actors who are sag actors, but they're like, Yeah, I'll do it, no problem. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, the foodness is, is getting there. They're always like, no sweat. And then I've had other people say, "No, nah, I can't do it. I'm in SAG." I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, each yeah. their own. So
2: no, to each their own. And um, that's something where, like, I there are a lot of things I'm not privy to in regards to, you know, SAG because I'm SAG eligible. Like, I I can't do another SAG project without joining SAG. Um, my last SAG project, I think the last one was. It may have been don't look up. I was in Don't Look Up. I was uh a a reporter. My scene got cut. But if you look at the credits and you wait just a little bit, a little bit after DiCaprio. All right. There's Bromskinard. This is my name. Nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> all right. <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, that's uh I know I gotta join before before I, I do another SAG project, but um I understand a lot of people have their ideas about, you know, um, you know, what they can do and and whatnot. And I never want to look at anybody making a a decision, a personal decision as, you know, I don't want to judge anybody's um, idea. Like, you know, do you think you're too good for something? I, I never even imagined that. I'm like, there has to be something more with the whole way SAG is structured and stuff like that and why, you know, their perception of, working with other filmmakers. Sure. Maybe it doesn't align with, align with their plans or whatever, but, right. yeah. but I can say to people always, like, find the opportunities of a story that you care about, of course, that you can be forefront in some way, in one way or another. You want to get in front of the camera and do what you do. You know, not nothing wrong with this. This is a great step up in a career, and if I got this opportunity, I'd call my mom right away. If I had to be at a doorman or something like that in a, in a, in a movie that came to shot out here. And I was just like, right this way, sir. And that was my only line. Right. And I was, and I was in uh in the trailer all day. I'd be posting that on Instagram saying, Oh, this is so <laughs> cool. Right. I'd call my mom and be like, I'm on set right now. Like this yeah. is like, I got this shoot coming up. I'd be so excited about it. Right. Yeah. But that one second, that is good. When it comes to, what are your credits? Can people can, are you, are, can, can you be hired and stuff like that, right? All those questions that go into being an actor and stuff like that. And when you have to, let's say it's to get a a, a a agent that's in a different tier than the one that you have, right? All that matters, right? But I think there is immense value, immense value that can't be matched in being forefront and doing what you do. You know, being an actor and being able to like really act and like really like show you could you could be someone that there's a scene where you are happy circumstances change now you're sad and stuff like that or now you're dealing with something you're not happy anymore you're trying to find you know a way out of whatever problem you're dealing with seeing that and seeing someone do that on screen i think that's when you're like wow like you you know you can really assess and you can learn from that if not anything else but if it doesn't help you real whatever the case is just those are, it, it's, it's just invaluable to me. And, and um, it's, it's how I'm doing it, I guess.
1: Well, and as you said, though, you got to follow your, you know, your passion. I mean, again, my passion is not acting. It's not, I don't find it as satisfying as other people would. I like writing. You know, I like, as you were yeah. saying, like always thinking about stories. Mm-hmm. I had this one student say, this is last year. And this idea lodged into my head that her driving instructor said i basically do this to get out of the house and away from my wife he said this to a 16 year old girl That's and i insane. thought that is fascinating to me yeah. With that guy's life but i was like well how old is he and she goes i don't know he's like 45 46 <laughs> i'm like that is perfect i love that we already shot some of it i played the driving instructor just to do yeah. it and yeah, got yeah. some kids i'm like that just fascinates me no i didn't... <laughs> Like that there's somebody out there who's who says that. Like he must have no one else to talk to.
2: Yeah, and then uh, it's funny because you see drivers all the time and now you're probably going to be thinking, what's your reason?
1: What's his and, deal? Yeah, what is yeah, this guy? Here? And then another one I just heard, also driving, so there's a theme. This woman I work with, her daughter's in middle school and the middle school bus driver talks to the kids on the intercom like about politics, about... His thoughts on life. Oh man, he'll he'll drive and talk.
2: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and and he he says, and I thought this was very endearing.
2: I love you, to the kids. You know who I could see doing that? I just just visualizing. I just see uh, I see Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, yeah, driver for some reason.
1: I thought a different type might be Bill Burr if he's a little more cynical. Yeah,
2: I can see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see
1: that. I see that. (laughs) Like, there's all these.
2: Fascinating
1: stories out there. I'm like, why isn't this is great? You know?
2: Yeah, it's and it's just, just picking it from the story tree. It's yeah. To, yeah, yeah. They're all they're all up there, and yeah. uh, I I love that about just the infinite avenues of writing. But I didn't want to make it seem like I don't love act. I love acting. I love mm-hmm. it. It's just as fulfilling as writing to me. But I'm a little pragmatic when it comes to. You know, because I I know no matter how good I am, this is like shot in the dark. This is a, it's a, you know, one in a million, however you want to say. It's just the odds are, there are a lot, the odds are are, are pretty immense, you know. But if I can create things and I could kind of have building blocks where I could perceive that I need to do more than I did before at the least. And build my projects on top of each other and you know then I could probably seek more funding than I did the last one and kind of have like more or less of a business model to it you know mm. Um, so I can approach being a, everything under the umbrella of a filmmaker which I am I think I'm an actor I think I'm not think I'm an actor I'm an actor I'm a director I'm a producer I'm a screenwriter you know and it's plug and play in terms of like, how do I advance this? And it could all be intertwined into one at one time, or just a couple at at another. I just know this is when I am at the helm of you know the, my trajectory. You know, I could really advance this way. And there are actors that are probably I, they hear they could hear me talking, me like, "Dude, what are you doing wrong as an actor?" You know,
1: yeah. they could
2: have figure it out, which is exactly what I'm saying. You know. Figure out how you, your best qualities and how you can do, how you can make this happen, how you can get to the point where you're, you're doing this for a living, if that's your goal, that is a, that is a privilege afforded to few, you know, so you have to look at everything from the beginning, like, you have to be like, what allows me to continue to do this, you know, and as you said, discipline, huge word. You got to you got to tie that in as well. So this is this is how I'm doing it. You know, it's it's um multifaceted. It's uh it's the um Ben Franklin approach. I, I'm pretty sure he's the guy that did everything too, right? He, he was a scientist. Uh, yeah, yeah. All all <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, so much shit. So yeah, I uh, I'm I'm trying, man. Um, uh, and, and 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 I'm pretty happy about where I'm at right now because, as you said. The uh, the people that I work with and I'm able to collaborate with right now and the fulfillment that I'm getting right now, if this is the precipice of much bigger, then I am elated. If it is just, you know, the beginning of how it's just always going to look, if I could still, you know, economically do this without going crazy, then this is how it's going to look. I'm just going to be a micro budget filmmaker for as long as I do it. But of course I want bigger, but I'm, 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 I'm very happy because as I said, it's, uh, the fulfillment I'm able to get that with, with the people I work with and how we've been working. So, so, um,
1: just on a practical level, real quick, what, what do you do with Vindicta now? Like as far as you shot it? and are you marketing it to people like this is a step that a lot of filmmakers run into which is yeah money frankly like what do i do with this either script they got a script or, or you actually yeah. have your
2: project shot so what what's the moves now yeah to kind of pretty much give you the answer that uh that for that question it's uh this is actually owned by Anwan at this point and they're there's still additional polishing that they're doing in post production to 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 then enter it into festivals as well as marketing through their network. And what I'm doing at this point is I am creating. I'm still creating. I'm in pre production for the short film that I'll be shooting um, next month, and uh, I'm uh, I'm rounding out uh, uh, several scripts that uh, that I'm going to be marketing. Uh, you know, through through my network as well. I have a, a co-written script with a writer that's rep, my my good friend, Adam, um, uh, that, that we're going to be marketing. So I think when you have something done, right, you can't think that you're married to it and you need to just manipulate everything about that project to like make it go. Like that is what drives people crazy. That could drive you into depression even, you know, that is like a lot to think that, this thing that you put so much time in needs to come be become something just as big as how you feel about it. You can't control that, you know, it's not just having all time. So you need to continue creating and being a filmmaker, being an actor, whatever the case is, because there may be a point where Mm -hmm. when it's time for Vindicta to answer for what it is, they're going to look at everything else that I've done or something like that or be like, who's this? Sure. Like I'll, fund these episodes or i'll pick this project up but who's this guy that wrote it or who's this who's who's the lead actor what is he doing i don't want to just you know throw money to just like a a one trick pony or uh or someone that has nothing else and i want i want them to see or even if it's at a point for them to be like okay i need a little more convincing that this can be written you know the next episodes or whatever more i need to see the other projects that i would have i have done already. And have and will do from this point can be can speak for me, you know, right. as a maker. That's the thing. Just keep creating, keep creating. Because again, as you said, where you're comfortable, Matthew, is what you can control. And right. as a writer, I, I I feel the same exact way. And I'm just gonna. I know my responsibility is to just continue. I can't just wait for because who knows? Benedict gets picked up what 2025. That's mm-hmm. still amazing. Think about that. If it gets picked up ever, is yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. If it gets picked up, what well, 2025 would be three years from when it was like completed, basically. Right? <laughs> Imagine if I was just waiting three years. Right, I know, sitting around. Oh yeah. my goodness. No. That is insane. Yeah. So hopefully Vindicta gets green. Light. I'm like, you know what? Like, like kind of like that joke I made. I don't know if you remember it. I thought it was corny, but I had to say it. Like Maybe I'm too busy to do Vidicta. Yeah. You know,
1: and yeah. I give
2: it to someone it's another actor that 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 uh that acts in it, or it's uh or it's uh, another uh write, writing team or whatever the case is, another writer that takes it on. That's fine. Yeah. The story gets to gets to be created. That was always what we intended. Anawan gets their gets their story that they invested in, that they believed in. You know, I get to see my story, my story become a series and everything, you know, I and, I, and I'm doing something else or whatever the case is. It's just one of those things where you never know what's going to happen. So what you can control is what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're truly a filmmaker or an actor and you just did something big, something personal, do something else big and personal, continue, compact it, build off of it, continue. Because waiting around, let me tell you, man, uh, that's that's not going to do anybody any good.
1: And you want to build a body of work.
2: Absolutely. Said, show
1: people. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's your job. Yeah. This is the job. The pragmatism of it all, you got to look at it as, a, as, 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 hey, nobody's special, so no one's just going to be like, you're the one, you're the next big thing. Nah, your work has to just make somebody think that, hey, I can work with this, and, you know, there's something there, you know? So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, when people ask, like, well, what do you want to do with the film, and what, you know, I'm like, I just want to make a film, like, right now, like that's all I can control is making a film that I like. Yeah. If I don't like it and no one else likes it. I mean, at least if I like it, I did something even if no one else does, you know? I mean,
2: yeah, no, definitely. And, um, even, even me, like, I know that's always there, which is why I kind of like that point before with the intent. I'm like, I made this, I actually made this super ambiguous short film with, um, with that director, uh, channer a couple uh, a couple years ago at the end of it it was a 19 minute runtime. you know open ended ending where it's kind of like we kind of left it for you know for the viewer to perceive and uh and, and kind of just come up with the, the answer at the end there was a several routes that you know that we kind of left there but at any rate it was something where you know you 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 come up with the answer and um we looked at it afterwards we were like we love it but what did we just do like what is this what is <laughs> it is a 20 minute short film fall you know what does yeah. that do for anyone luckily enough we sh- we we invested ourselves in it to the point where we're like we made a we made a beautiful piece of work so that kind of was like what anyone saw in terms of like my acting performance, what Anna Wong saw in terms of Tanner's directing and his handling of a of a project and and the producing everything, there are people that see it that were like, it is beautiful. And I'm like, it is. And that's that's something that when I and, and that's in terms of like like what I alluded to before about Production value with scenery and everything. We shot that in Lancaster, California, and like what kind of looked like the Joshua Tree area. It was like a de- people were like where were you Arizona or something like that. I was like an hour north of L.A. You know yeah. <laughs> where where you know, we was living at the time. So there was there was really nothing crazy that we did. We just got kind of uncomfortable um because they were like, oh, it's super hot. I was like, no, it's actually super cold and dry. Like my lips were all chapped. It was like forty five yeah. degrees and windy. But um that ambiguous project that we did luckily got anew to see our acumen for uh filmmaking and directing and, and and acting that we were in they had faith that we could be worked with to do to make vindicta come to life but i would say stay away from um, ambiguous projects as much as you can kind of have an intent when you at this juncture where yeah something to land like where do i want to sh- i want to sh- enter this short film into Film festivals or a, do I want this to be kind of like a, a a pilot that I'm going to pitch, you know, yeah. for for continuous production? Really define your work because you don't want to leave that to be in question, you know, to your right. to audience. or Yeah, but we lucked out. We lucked out there, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Brahms,
1: thank you so much for doing this. Really enlightening conversation. Our, our listeners get a lot be. out of it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank
0: you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media. If you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.